0: landed on the Business Conservatory podcast. This is a transparency-driven podcast helping you understand your unlimited earning potential. If you're ready to crush it with your business, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is really special because I am featuring the interview I did on Nathan Chansky's podcast talking about high ticket sales for photographers. Now, whether you're a photographer or not, you're probably a business owner that wants to sell something high ticket. And within that interview, I walk through everything you need to know from how to start a sales call to how to end it and how to overcome particular objections such as What to do when someone says you're too expensive. This interview was something I was really proud of, so I made sure to bring it over to my podcast. So make sure that you listen if sales is something that you want to get better at. And for those of you who are curious about the Make More Money Challenge, don't worry, we are still going to be finishing that out strong next week. I know there are many of you who reached out to me saying you were running a little bit behind on the assignments and tasks for each of the episodes, so consider this your welcomed break, and your catch-up time so we can all finish strong together next week.
1: You were talking about some people are averse to sales calls or whatever. What's the importance of a sales call? Let's say I'm a photographer and I want to skip the sales call or something like that. And mm-hmm. I just want to like book them over an email. Or if I just don't feel comfortable in a sales call and whatever. What would you say to somebody about how sales calls or live sales calls have impacted Mm -hmm. your growth or your business?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that I'll probably touch on a few times because I think a lot of photographers, especially when they think about sales calls, they're prepping themselves and priming themselves to have to give a pitch of some sort. Like, okay, I have to come ready with this spiel that I need to masterfully execute. But the reason why you'd want to stick with a sales call and teach their own, if you just really can't do sales calls, I will never make you feel bad if you'd prefer to do it over email because there's ways of winning over people in every situation. But the beauty of the sales call is the ability to have it done in a more conversational way that can really just allow them to feel more comfortable and relaxed. And the way that I frame it is rather than coming into a sales call thinking that you have to have this pitch or thinking that you have to just have it all together and say the right thing to get them to win with you, all you have to do at any point in the call is to be able to talk about what is important to them. And what I usually do is I will start the call really trying to figure that out. Because when you go into a sales call with a spiel, half the time, they're not even listening, right? Like They're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what about this problem that I have? Or what about this thing that I'm worried about? And uh, dude, that's me (laughs) 100%. I will just completely zone out until I hear what I need to and then I'll get out of dodge with that. But when you start with really just saying, I wanted to let you know, I'm really excited to talk to you rather than just giving you this huge spiel, I would really love to know, is there anything that you guys are curious about before we continue this call or anything that I can help you know about? And that completely, not only disarms in a good way, they're just like, oh yeah, I actually was curious about posing. We're not very, we're not comfortable in front of the camera. What do you do with posing? Or my significant other was camera shy. What do you do about that? Yeah, The fact that they plan on going into the call, expecting you to talk their ear off. And then you just getting out of the get go saying all that stuff is secondary. What comes first is what you want to know. And I want to know if there's anything pressing that you need to know. And now I will say this, there are times where people maybe don't have that question, or maybe they're too early in the process. But what I like to do is I like to start every call really just taking the opportunity to try and get acquainted with the things that matter to them. And maybe it's not a pain. Maybe it's just something about the day on a wedding day that they find that is really important to them or something Mm -hmm. that needs to be honored and respected. Addressing their questions or asking a series of questions to get to know what's important about them to just completely taking the rest of the call into a conversational, relaxed, easygoing tone. And I promise that one switch has helped Transform and book people more than any other tip that I've given. So, if you guys need to really take notes on anything, I would say the pain is the pitch. You're not going into it with a rehearsed sales pitch, you're going into it really trying to understand what's important to them. And so, when you operate on that way, you are. Doing what you do naturally, you're talking with other humans, and I think that's yeah. what excites me about yeah. the sales process—is humanizing it again and taking it from this gross, for lack of better example, car salesman feeling. Yeah. Nothing against, nothing against car salesmen, but that's right. the example. That's the example most people go with. But yeah, that's what I really like teaching people to do.
1: Yeah, so it's almost like more of a listening rather than just like a mm-hmm. telling approach. Yes that's so cool and i think that even develops the relational factor too because we all want to talk about ourselves and we all want to hear ourselves talk and when someone's just breathing down our neck with what they have to say it almost is a little bit of a turn off even just from an interpersonal perspective yeah. it's almost like if you were to say to a potential client, hey, I really care about you guys. And I'm just so interested in getting you exactly what you want. And then you blab on for a while, if you would have just started with how can I help you? And what do you value? And are there any things that you have questions about without even saying, Oh, I care so much about you. You're basically telling that without even saying it.
0: Absolutely. And I give this example in the wedding photography space, but full transparency, my dad was in sales for about 50 years, and he sold ultrasound machines. That was his deal was he would go hospital to hospital and try and sell these like really huge outdated machines to people. But the same is universal for any business. It's one of those things where if you can really master the art of, like you said, listening and understanding what you need to listen for and how to respond to it, sales becomes less about the pitch and more about just learning to be an attentive human, which most of us are. And most of us are really good at that. So yep. I hope that can really just help people take a sigh of relief and be like, okay, I can talk with people. Like that—that right. that is right. something I can do because you do it all the time at weddings or at shoots anyway. It's just an extension of your natural process.
1: Yeah, plus for maybe those who are more introverted or who feel like they don't always want to be talking, I think it's good to use that as your strength that you're not always going to be talking over these people and that you're going to be more of a listener Rather than just always speaking. So I would love to honestly, I just love to dive in maybe on a more practical level. What is your approach to sales calls? If you were to walk through how you do sales calls, what's Ali's approach?
0: Oh man, all right. We're going in. I'm here for it. So with the sales call. I think it's really important for me to say that prepping for the sales call happens long before the call. And you've mentioned this to me in our previous conversations. Mindset is such a huge thing. And one of the things that I really try and do is encourage photographers or business owners to say, you're never going to be better at navigating these sales calls than when you feel the most excited about your business. And whether that's looking through a gallery that you feel like you just crushed it on or looking at all the reviews that you've had that really speak to your soul or that you really just vibed with and connected with I feel like before you even get on the sales call it is just so important to remind yourself of why you're connected to what you do because that passion will resonate in your tone and so not only are you going to just be a killer listener that just allows them to feel like you put them first but you're true love for what you do is going to translate so tangibly for them. So I will usually make time, and for me, that's in the morning, but for some people, they might prefer to do it right before the call. Take that time to really identify what lights my heart on fire about what I do. Is it looking at that major publication that I'm super excited about, thinking about this upcoming shoot that I have? Really tap yourself into this space of just feeling completely aligned with your job And then when you get on the call, it's going to just feel completely like, yes, I'm stepping into myself in my peak form. Yeah,
1: (laughs) no, that's so good. Even just the mindset part of it, you're just onto something. I actually tend to think that's almost the biggest part because I feel like if your mindset isn't good, you're just going to tumble over yourself ultimately with the actual actions of what you're going into. This sounds weird, and I don't mean to lose people when I say this but there are times where I will sit before my sales calls and I will imagine myself getting the sale before it happens. (laughs) But like, I genuinely think it plays a role. So I fully support what you're you're saying.
0: I literally love that (laughs) so much. Thank you for sharing. I'm, you know, if anything, I've always felt like the oddball. So I feel so excited that like, that's your experience too. Absolutely. Um, And so diving back into the question, the other thing that I would say pre-call game would be, I would make sure that I really lengthen out my inquiry form to be as comprehensive as possible. And so most photographers, when they have an inquiry form, they have it on their contact page and it'll maybe be anywhere from five to eight questions on their page. And me, I personally like to go Above that, I would say anywhere between nine and 12 questions on your inquiry form would be amazing, including the following. What stage in the booking process are you in? Are you shopping around? Are you interested, but you have a few questions? Are you pretty set? And that always helps me pre-call to know okay, am I really going to need to reassure this person? Am I going to need to put a little bit more TLC into informing them about what my process is like? It just yeah. It's such a great indicator for me. And so with those nine to 10 questions, I make sure to include other questions like what about my work speaks to you? Because yeah. when they go through and they're just like, oh my gosh, I love this and this about you, they're also telling you what they want. And that is a very easy thing on the call for you to be like, hey, listen, I know you are mentioning that you really love candid shots. And that is something that 100%, I feel like we could just knock it out of the park for you on. Yeah, And again, it like you were saying, it's another opportunity to show that you listened when you read what they wrote, and then you mention it in the call, no. they feel so understood. And so what I like to do is I like to make sure that the form is comprehensive. Now I get pushed back on some of that with other educators, because other educators will say, no, you want to just keep it as minimal as possible, because if it's too long, then they're going to leave. But for me, I need every bit of information I possibly can to go into the sales call.
1: So for me, I do try to keep mine short because I always want to make sure Mm -hmm. that there's zero barriers between them contacting me or not. But what if I wanted to put it in, let's say like a post inquiry questionnaire, if it's in a workflow or something. Once you set up Mm -hmm. your Zoom call with me, it auto responds with a questionnaire, just asking you some more details so that we come ready to the call. Do you think that would work as well or...
0: I think so. I think depending on how attentive your audience is, I know for some people, they're catering to an audience of very in-demand professionals that have a rigorous work life. And so I would maybe test both to see what works for you. Usually I'll have people start with a longer inquiry form. And if they're not seeing the results that they want, then doing like a post form questionnaire, like you said, I think would be a great alternative.
1: Okay. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Because yeah, I didn't really think about the fact that you need that information on them. Because otherwise, sometimes what can happen is you get bogged down with that information when you're actually on the call. And it almost feels like formulaic a little bit. Whereas if you could come to the call ready, it would probably be a lot more like seamless.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, exactly like what you're saying, too often, I would find that the biggest reason why people are having a hard time connecting on the call is because they don't know how to start it it's like, uh-huh. hey, how did you get engaged? And things yeah. like that, which are all great questions, but they don't speak to necessarily what the client is looking to hear. When I originally was starting, like the first few years, I would always start the calls with like, how's your weekend? Kind of yeah. a small talk stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I just find I close my sales calls much more effectively when I just get straight to the point. And there are photographers that are just like, wow, that's a little scary. That's like, really direct. And I completely understand that 100%. Some people really just don't love the idea of asking a direct question, but there are always ways of asking questions in a very, like, non confrontational yeah. way, in a way that just reflects caring.
1: Plus, I think when you get to the place, where you have to realize you are running a business and you actually are selling a product. I think once you get to that place, you have to realize that not getting to the point is actually very awkward for the person that you're selling to. If you were to go to a website and you love their product, but nowhere does it say buy now. I seriously have had that where I'm like, I would love to buy your product or your service, but I genuinely cannot figure out how to do this. And I'm so frustrated that I'm leaving. Like I'm going to someone else. Who's actually going to straight up ask me for the sale? Because if you are selling something, people want you to ask them. That's why they're there. If they weren't, if they weren't interested in you asking them for the sale, they wouldn't have approached you.
0: Absolutely. I love that you said that because I find that there are many photographers that kind of tend to come from a place of maybe having a habit of people pleasing and myself included recovering people pleaser over here. And that's one of the things where I really just want to remind and encourage people that anything that seems scary in terms of directly asking someone or being upfront, please just know there are always ways of being able to explain things without it feeling scary.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Anyway. So I don't even know where we are in your process. I feel like I've interrupted sure. you so many times. No, you're great. <laughs> so you can dive right back sure. on into wherever you are. No
0: worries. No worries. So preparing for the sales call, we will get on the call. And just as I've mentioned a few times, I greet them. I warmly invite them and say, your time is valuable to me. I want to really make sure that this call is focused on your needs and what you are really excited about. So before I dive in, could you please let me know if you have any questions or comments or concerns? And I say it exactly in that tone too, where it's just, it's really just nothing more than just trying to make sure I'm putting them forward. Now, let's just say hypothetically you do this. There's two ways that can happen. Either they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I have this question. Or there's an alternative, which happens when people tend to be price shoppers, they'll say, I'm not sure what to ask. And there's this not awkward pause, but this just them responding with they don't have any questions, then what I will do in that case is I will tend to go in asking them guided questions to try and figure those things out. Like I said, the pain is the pitch, trying to figure out what is important to them is the entirety of the first part of the call. And so if they come to me and they're like, yeah, we don't have any questions. We're just ready to dive in and learn more. I'll say, great. Well, really quickly, I wanted to know when you guys think about the context of your wedding day or your photos, what are you genuinely most excited about? Is there like a moment that you're really excited about or a particular person that you're just really stoked is going to be there? And inevitably, assuming that they have had enough time to think about what they want in their wedding, they'll say, oh my gosh, I'm just so excited to walk down the aisle or I'm excited for for the chance to be getting ready with my girls in the morning or my dad is flying in and I haven't seen him since the beginning of COVID. And so usually allowing the opportunity for guided questions to try and figure out what is important to them. And then once they say that, I ask them additional questions after that to really try and understand how I can best really highlight that for them. And I'll give an example. I had one girl who was just like, my bridesmaids are going to be there. And I'm really excited. Like That getting ready part is the part that I'm the most excited for on the wedding day. But I am a little nervous because they've never met each other before. And I want the photos to not be awkward. What do you do? And so that gives me an opportunity to step in and tell them a little bit more about the process and what my day of experiences is like and please know i always reference this in the context of weddings but this can be for newborn photographers this can be for any type of photographer when you're right. able to ask them those questions more often than not you will find something that they're curious about or want to know more about or concerned about and that's where i always meet those with an introduction to my process So it's a very big contrast to what the call was like before, where I was like, okay, guys, this is what you can expect. I very much tell them everything they need to know in just like a very gentle conversational way. And so the one thing that I will say is when I am responding to those comments or concerns, I always give a full in-depth example because it's really easy to be like, oh, don't worry, I got you. I'll make sure to get those photos. But it's really easy in the moment to forget that one time that you really showed up and did just that really well and what the outcome was. And I think people tend to shy away from that because they're worried that it's going to come off braggy or it's going to come off like they, they think they're hot stuff. And it's not that at all. It is just to further contextualize how they can be the hero of their own story. And storytelling is the best way to win people over in just a very kind, nurturing way. So I will say the context of the entire call will be asking guided questions, trying to figure out what's important to them, and then using story like examples to illustrate how I could really show up and win the day for them. Yeah, so they're that's really so able awesome. to just have a good idea. Yeah.
1: That's so awesome. Just because then in that way, it's like you're asking these probing questions. And sometimes people don't really put it this way. People don't really know the reason that they want to be in the sales call sometimes, or the reason that they would actually go to book. But I think sometimes if you can bring it out of them, you can discover it without even them knowing. And then, and again, this sounds so sly and creepy, but I swear it's not. Once you (laughs) actually figure out why they showed up, and all that good stuff, then you can really navigate the rest of the call through that lens. If I can get to the point where like, I figure out the reason that they first reached out to me, that's going to be the reason that they book. You know what I mean? It's like the reason you inquired is going to probably be the exact same reason you book with me. So if you gave me any indicator, whether it was on my inquiry form, whether it was on at the beginning from the probing questions of like why you're here, now I can sell you because now I actually know what you're biggest motivator is I know your pain point. And so I think that's I think that's just like such an awesome approach and getting, yeah, those little questions. So I have like a random, 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 random small question. This is (laughs) this is always something I've wondered about a little bit, is the line between basically thizing and relating interpersonally and then also almost going too far and oh oops I just talked about my dog too much and now it's all about me (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean I sometimes feel like I can either give too much or too little so what would you say to a person like me what's that fine line do you think
0: Sure, of course. So first off, recording yourself on a call is just gold. Many people won't think about recording their call to evaluate and analyze. But if I were to give you a metric of how much I would anticipate talking about them versus talking about me, I would say it would be 80% talking about them and them talking and 20% me. And that really allows me to strike that fine line of really just like, Gently nurturing because if it was 10%, yeah. then you'd barely be talking. But 20%, it's just that right sweet spot of feeling like you're chiming in, you're really punctuating relational moments, but like also just giving them all the space to just completely explore where they're at and discover that with them.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. Now, if I'm doing this on Zoom or on Google Meet, can I just record mm-hmm. straight from there?
0: Yes. And think that there are multiple ways of doing it depending on what your platform is. And of course, it's so much easier with email because we could just look back and read the emails. So I would say that really taking the time to record that call and just like evaluating, okay, like how much did I talk about myself there? If I were to give a percentage, how much of it would be me talking? How much of it would be them? And I would say that 80-20, like I said, was a good balance there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have another random question. So do it. There's so many different ways that people can contact us today, whether it's Instagram DMs, whether it's through our inquiry form, whether they just randomly found us. Like some of the ways people find me, I'm just like, how did you get my number? (laughs) This is terrifying. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, How picky are you, or how picky should someone be about taking a prospective client through your entire sales process, whether it's, oh, I have this laid out process that I need to take everybody through. And I have this process Mm -hmm. that I need to accomplish before I can actually sell them. Or are you more of like, hey, however, they want to give you money, let them give you money. You know what I mean? What would you say to that? Should there be like a standard process? Or is it like, hey, meet them where they're at, book them over email if you want to?
0: That's a really great question. I really appreciate that you mentioned the concept of meeting them where they're at, because that is one of the questions that I will ask in my inquiry form. How do you prefer to be reached? And that is something that I feel like is just an absolute necessity, being able to really reach people where they're comfortable. Like for me, your girl is that introverted text message queen. It's always funny because it's, I'm so comfortable on these calls. Navigating yeah. sales calls, but if anyone were to talk to me, I'm like, just text me. I've, I very yeah. much like text DMs all the way. But I would say to answer your question, I have noticed for me, let's just say someone will just straight up DM me, I still try and get them to my website because there is just a fundamental difference in my performance when I know that they've had the time to at least get acquainted with some of the things about me. And maybe this is just coming from me because my work is darker and moodier. It's really important to me, and this is going to sound a little selfish, it's really important to me that I feel like they understood what I'm about. And I find that when they just DM me, there's probably very little opportunity that they've had to learn about what a full gallery looks like and if those are the type of images that they would want to have. And so at least for me, within my specific realm of photography, it's really important for me to feel like they know what they're coming into full transparency. And so I'll say, hey, I would love to continue this talk over DMs, but really quick, have you had a chance to look at my website at all? And that way they at least will get sent back that way We can still continue to talk in your preferred method, but there's at least some barrier of, okay, you need to have at least been on my website a little bit because there's just many opportunities for people to get in the DM, make the quick sale. And as much as I'm about getting those high converting booking numbers, I'm more about getting someone that I'm really excited about and someone that will be willing to pay for me. And I know that the times that I've had people on my website, they've been able to pay significantly higher than if they were just someone that reached on DMs and just booked me right then and there. So that was a long-winded answer.
1: No, I think that's good. I do the same thing. If I feel like they have not seen my work in any capacity and they're just like messaging me out of the blue, I will definitely say, hey, I would love to grab your email. I'll set up a project in my CRM. We'll set up a little email thread. But I always say before we move any further, I would really like to know that you at least have seen my work here, here's a full gallery just so you know what you're getting yourself into. Because if they don't go through the proper channels, even though that's fine, and I will still happily serve you, I still want to make sure that we're on the same page because that's setting client expectations. And we all know like what it feels like when you don't set those expectations. And then you get halfway down the road, and you do their engagement photos. (laughs) And then they're like, we hated our photos. And we can't believe that we booked you for our wedding. And then you're just in a tough situation. So I think it's always good, especially especially if you have a significant editing style. I feel like there is a dimension where you want people to be cued in on your work. You want people to be cued in on your approach as well.
0: Absolutely. And I will add to that a little bit in the sense of I know some educators prefer approaching their website from I'll give them minimal amounts of information with the hope that they inquire so I can give them more information. And then there's more of along the lines of here is everything laid out. And if this all sounds good, reach out to me kind of thing. My website is completely the latter. Like I will throw yeah. everything in the kitchen sink, which might sound a little extreme and it might sound like very intense to put all of that information on of on your website. But I find that when I had my website where I was just kind of breadcrumbing people hoping that they would inquire with me for more information, I found that it was a lot harder to get them on the same page with me than when I was just really upfront and transparent with everything. And so I say all that fully wanting everyone listening to know that like, I am, I'm telling them everything that they need to know about making a purchase decision with me on my website mm-hmm. through this. And so that is an important thing that I wanted to just add in there real quick. Plus
1: plus in that in that case, they're gonna come to you and they're gonna be like very ready to book if they actually haven't yes. they've seen everything. And so if they've made it this far, I know they're serious.
0: Yes. Exactly.
1: So is there anything that we still didn't cover in like your sales calls?
0: I'm just down to lay everything out, (laughs) like full transparency. I will talk for as long as you'll have me. So to answer your question with, is there anything else I would recommend to someone in this stage of the sales process, I would really take the opportunity to look back on all the clients that you've booked and try and really think about what each experience was like and get acquainted with your sales process. Yeah I've noticed that photographers need to increase their prices and with a price increase I really want to just encourage people to constantly be learning and tweaking sales. So that way, anytime you do need to increase your prices, you have a sales process that fully supports you and fully has your back. Because too often I've noticed that photographers or business owners in response to inflation or for whatever reason, whenever they need to increase their prices, they don't tend to check up on their sales process or refine it in any way. And they're like, why aren't I getting bookings when I increase my price? It must be the price. And that's never the case. And the other thing that I will mention too, is that there are going to be common objections that you could get at the end of the call. Even if you have a super refined, super great call, I've noticed that at the end of sales calls, they're either all in or they're like, hey, we need some time to think about it. And so what I would do is if you get the objection of, hey, we need some time to think about it, or I need to talk to my partner. First off, if the partner isn't on the call, I would highly recommend offering to do a call with the partner included. And the reason for that is you want to make sure that the person relaying the information doesn't feel like a middleman because you just dumped a lot of information and they're probably talking to a bunch of photographers and that stuff is hard to keep straight when you're talking to that many vendors and they're relaying information call after call. I would say that the number one thing that I would do is I would try and get their partner on a follow-up call if you can. And then if they're like, you know what, they're just so busy. I don't know if they'll have time, then say, hey, I completely understand that you need a partner, but I wanted to know, is there anything that you could potentially think of that your partner could object to about working together? And the funny thing about that is, is usually when they respond to that question, it gets to the heart of what they themselves are actually worried about. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's a little bit of, I don't want to call it a mind trick because that doesn't give the right idea. But usually if you're asking them, okay, what do you think your partner could be worried about? Or what do you think the objections are from your partner? If you can think of any, and they'll be like, we might think it's too expensive. And you can say that totally makes sense. And if it's okay with you, I'd love to share with you what the journey is going to be like moving forward and just constantly adding that value. You are going to have really great opportunities at the end of your sales calls to get to the heart of what they're really worried about. And when you're able to answer what they're really worried about, the deal is yours. You are completely winning them over. And if you get someone that's like, listen, I'm, I still want to talk to my partner. Then I will hit them with, um, my three-day money-back guarantee, like, hey, I know that you really need to talk to your partner about it, and I completely respect that. How about this? I don't want your date to go to someone else because we do book up really quickly, but here's what I'll do. If you're comfortable with it, let's reserve the date for you so the date is yours, and if your partner comes back and has any problems whatsoever, I'll give you that money back, no questions asked. And in my 12 years of being a wedding photographer, I've only given money back once.
1: Wow. That's so good. I think there's a lot of people that they just don't know how to handle objections or they wouldn't think to do like a money back guarantee. I think sometimes we don't want to put skin in the game, but it's like, Hey, if you can put a little skin in the game, it might be actually completely worth your time. Now, Ellie, do you ever think it's good to when let's say someone were to say, Ellie, I just feel like your prices are just a little bit steep for us. And I just feel like for a photographer, they're a little expensive. Like what would you say in that situation?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the knee-jerk reaction that most small business owners will think of when they hear someone tell them that they think their price is expensive, the first thing that people will think of is, oh my gosh, I need to offer a discount. And I think that's a projection of what we're the most afraid of, honestly, is that people (laughs) like not seeing our worth and not valuing us. That was my initial thoughts my first year in was when they told me I was expensive. I was like internalizing it and I was like, oh my gosh, they think I'm not worth it. And what's really happening is when they think that you are expensive or when they think it's too much, what is happening is there isn't an alignment of everything that you've shared with them that... Demonstrates value versus what they think the price is worth. And so, right. what you need to do in that sense is you need to take a step back and be like, is there anything about my process or working with me or the journey together or my level of experience or my ability to reassure them? Is there anything that I have not shared with them? And more often than not, you have likely left something out that is a critical component in what they need to hear in order to make a purchase decision from you. Like, for example, we will get so deep into what is included in our pricing collection. Oh, you get a gallery, you get an engagement session, you get this and this. But you haven't shared that you've been doing this for five years and you've served over 100 clients. And so you need to take a step back at that moment. And when someone is saying you're too expensive, you need to take a step back. They're not saying that I'm not worth it. They just haven't heard everything that they need to from me in order to make a purchase decision. What haven't I told them? Yeah, and u- usually, usually it's in that moment when you figure out what is missing that you're able to completely turn around and they're like, all right, let's do it. Send it o- send over the invoice. And right. that will always turn it around.
1: Plus I think when we show that we are proud of our prices I think that can completely change the narrative for everything. You're so right. Like the proper response is never to either discount or just like straight up object back and be like defensive. This is what I'm worth and all this kind of stuff. So lead with a vision, like you're saying, and be like, I'm going to agree with you. My pricing is a little bit more premium, but here's why. And this is why, yes. and this because I'm doing this and because I'm doing this. And yep, I fully understand that my prices are a little bit more premium, I have a reason for that. And it's because I want to serve you guys the absolute best. I want to give my all to this project.
0: I like the way that you said that I'm going to give my all to this project. I think that's a beautiful way of wrapping it up nicely in a about. That was wow. a great way of saying it. Anytime it just takes, at least from my perspective, sales didn't really click for me until I heard some good examples that I could visualize myself using and be like, yeah. I could totally say that. And that's oh, when it for clicked sure. for me.
1: For sure. I think sometimes we have to hear people that we can relate to say something like that because sometimes it's like, oh man, that person kills it at sales or whatever they're doing. But I just could not see myself doing that. But when we see somebody who we can relate to and who does it in the way that it feels comfortable to us, that's why I love your approach because I feel like your approach isn't... I don't know. I feel like some people, when I do hear them talk about sales, it's almost from a very pompous, prideful, super alpha perspective i feel like your perspective is much more okay let's take our client on a journey and let's show them what's best for them you know what i mean i love Uh, that
0: that's so nice of you you know it's funny because my husband would disagree he'd probably say that i'm like alpha but i'm glad that you got that impression (laughs) from me because i want nothing more than to take the shame out of self-promotion and take the shame out of selling and take the shame out of all this stuff because i'll be totally honest with you like the idea of putting sales out there as an educator has been very challenging to get people to warm up to because i i realize that i'm fighting all of these beliefs that people have with sales and these negative connotations but my hope is that with incredible people like you offering your wisdom and me sharing my personal experiences my hope is that people can feel like they can give themselves permission to sell in a way that will entice them to increase their prices and sell confidently knowing their value